tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! I just want to wait a second. Just feel it. Yes! We are back. We are here. We are live. After Buzz. No, don't take it out. Just keep that running. <laughs> Welcome to the Black Sales After Buzz TV After Show, Episode XV, or Season 2, Episode 7. I am your host, Ryan Hooks. We are here again, once again, to talk about my favorite show, Black Sales. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but to my left, Lauren Salon. Hello, everybody. You can find me on Twitter at Lauren Salon. Jamie Elias. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram at Jamie F. Elias. Right there below you guys, right? Mine's probably gone. I was pointing. And I'm at Ryan Hooks92, in case I forgot to talk about that. <laughs> so we're back. We are back. Finally. We're like back. the highlight of the week right here, I think. Watching Black Sales. Because then it's over and I'm like, oh man, I can't wait for next week. And major drama. That's a sign of a, a, a very quality show, in my opinion. When oh, you yeah. watch an episode and it ends. And you're immediately like wanting to watch the trailer for next week because you're so excited to see what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. And it's such a smart show. The writing is so perfect and everything is so intricately woven and it's just amazing. Oh, it. what a tangled web they weave. <laughs> oh, good, goodness. <laughs> goodness. All right. Before we get started, I want to do a couple things to all the people out there in viewer land. So, uh, and also if you're listening to us on our iTunes, you've probably subscribed or our YouTube channel or our SoundCloud. Don't forget to subscribe <laughs> and to follow us. That was number one. Like how I transitioned to that? <laughs> number one. Number two. <laughs> oh, man. Exciting news. I've been talking about this for weeks, and it's finally about to happen. Uh, next week, we have two very special guests, uh, Mr. Sean Cameron Michael, who plays Richard Guthrie, and also Megan Young, who plays Abigail Ash, will both be joining us on our lovely couch to my right that you cannot see, but you will see. Uh, we look forward to having their opinions and their questions and answers to all the stuff that we want to know about Black Sales up until this point. Uh, so if you guys have questions, make sure you send them to us this week on Twitter, uh, and we'll do our very best to get them to the folks when they show up. Uh, also, shout outs to all of our people on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Black Sales Brother, for Holding sure. Holding it down. Holding Black it down with all your <laughs> picture memes. So go follow yes. them. Uh, it's at Black Sales, B-L-K-S-A-I-L-S. Brethren does not have an E, so B-R-E-T-H-R-N. I had to look to make sure I spelled it right. Hey, it's follow tricky. Them. And also, uh, again, thanks to uh, Matt Stone. I talked about him last week. He emailed me again this week. Uh, I was wrong. He doesn't live in Florida. He lives in California. Mm. And he also, he's uh, he owns a surf shop called the uh, Buccaneer Board Riders. That's nice. phenomenal. And he has a clothing line called Sea Wolf Clothing, all targeted for pirate things. Yes. So do you go check out that stuff. Everything pirate. Everything pirate at Sea Wolf <laughs> Clothing and also Board Buccaneer Riders. All right. I think that's all the logistical stuff that I need to talk about because now I want to talk about bike sales. Oh, no. First of all, I need to always ask the question that I always ask. What did you guys think about this week's episode? I thought that it was a little slower. You know, it slowed things down. We didn't have very much violence. Not really any sex either. No skull bashing and, or anything. Yeah, no, no skull bashing. Necks getting slit, you know. But 
with the drama that happened, I think that totally made up for it. Because I know we were talking last week about how it was feeling a little too political. And I saw some comments on YouTube with people totally agreeing there. And I think this episode was very political, but that drama raised the stakes. Yeah, there's a difference between being political and being political and accomplishing great things in the story movement. Yeah. So, like, this one definitely had a lot of movement in the story. And, like, where people Mm -hmm. stand and who's taking what side so that's definitely a difference in that and i think i agree that it definitely raised the bar yeah. oh yeah there was you saw so much symbolism i feel like in this episode like i feel like there's a lot of symbolism and a lot of foreshadowing that's kind of obvious like we know where it's going but we don't exactly know what's going to happen the next. road they're going to take to exactly get there. right exactly so, and i think uh and one thing i noticed about this episode and i feel that black sales as a show has had a lot of success in episodes that were filmed entirely at night yeah, the candlelit the, the shots. The entire oh episode goodness. was in the evening time. Mm-hmm. And as we have seen, the last three episodes have basically been one day. The morning, the afternoon, and the evening. But this even happened in season one. There was an episode that was entirely night when, you know, Anne killed all the people right. and the wrecks and all that stuff happened at night. It was one of TJ Scott's episodes. Uh, and they have had huge success, in my opinion, in the, the way the show feels and the way that it flows when it's happening at night. Yeah. Betrayal and backstabbing happen under the moonlight. Symbolism the shadow. I'm telling you. Yes. So much symbolism this episode. <laughs> so much. All right, let's talk about Max and Anne this week. That's uh, what I want to talk about first. Not Billy Bones this week. I <laughs> I'm not talking about him first. I'm saving him for later. I feel like this is the only authentic relationship right now in the show. I feel like Max and Anne's relationship is like the only truly authentic one. I think Max is really looking out for Anne, and I feel like Anne is reciprocating. I don't think mm-hmm. that in this case, usually Max is a character we see her manipulate and... And she's kind of like a John Silver, like as a woman, just in the, in the show. But I feel like with Anne Bonny, for once in Anne's life, she's picked a, whim, a woman. She's on a woman's team instead of being on a pirate's crew. And I think that or she's... Or a man's team. I'm sorry. Like you know what I mean. Yeah, we get it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that their relationship is super authentic. And I don't know. I'm into it. Yeah. I, I, I really like their relationship a lot. And I think it is very authentic. But at the same time, I think Max still has... Some underlying motives going on with right. it. And she said she has ambitions and she wants to progress, but she can't do it alone. Right. But I do. I love how she, you know, is sticking by Anne's side and kind of being that person there for her. Because when Max was in a really crappy situation, Anne was there protecting her and fending for her. And so I like seeing that now so much reciprocated in what Max has been doing for Anne. And I think it's, it was really tender. Yeah. And I feel like there's a difference between abusing for personal gain and abusing for partnership so like mm-hmm. i feel like she's working towards a partnership absolutely i mean she's she's using max in a, a uh, sorry max is using Anne in a sense but mutual benefit but it's for, yeah it's for a benefit and i think right now max is kind of the only person that could really even help Anne mm-hmm. because she's been through a lot of the same things that that you know they both have been abused and they both have been in situations that were not of their control and now Max has come out on the other side and she's a better person for mm-hmm. it as we've seen her growth in the season and also last season. And Anne is is in that period of growth. Totally. She, and we finally found out like what had happened to her. I mean, we kind of knew it was foreshadowed the entire time, but she was so broken and so vulnerable that she finally said it out loud. And I think that Max? was I'm talking about Anne. Anne. Okay, Anne talks about her history. Anne talks yeah. about her history. Which is false. Which is drops historical mic. No, uh. okay, okay, okay. The history on the show. Yes, to be yes. clear. So in yes. the world of Black she Sales. was so vulnerable. I feel like 
I don't think that this is something that Anne Bonnie ever wanted to tell anybody. Mm-hmm. But in this moment with Max, I feel like Anne's connection is completely legitimate. I feel like she feels like Anne is, or Max, Anne feels like Max is the only one that she can talk to and have a relationship right now because everything that she thought she knew has been like crushed since Jack yeah, did that. She's in such like crisis mode right now, you know, doesn't know who she is, what her life purpose is, you know, kind of in a disaster. And I know when I was watching it and she went with, that um I forget his name, but with that one pirate who's like, I'm probably gonna be captain soon. Remember my name. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. And she's like essentially about Jacob to Garrett, by the way. Yeah. She's essentially about see he didn't make an impression Who on the Historically me, is no one in the future. <laughs> um, so he fails. Yeah. But when she goes up and nearly, you know, whores herself out mm-hmm. to him, like she's just such a shell of a person. And at, in that situation I was like, Okay, she's gonna slit his throat? I thought she was gonna kill him. <laughs> or have <laughs> Is she going to murder him or have sex? What's what's going on here? I think later on we found out that she was going to have sex and then Max kind of pulls her back. But okay, again with the symbolism (laughs) with this, do you guys remember when her clothes were all bloody and Max had to get rid of her clothes and then she gave her clothes that fully did not fit her? Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of that thing, like in my head it was like, okay, these clothes don't fit her. This isn't a role that's going to fit her. But she kept her hat, so it's like, oh, they're still, you're still there. And And it's funny because when I picture Anne Bonnie, I actually do picture her in a dress. Like in that that type of dress with a corset that she could have mm-hmm. worn uh, and fought in because she was historically one of the only women pirates who did not dress like a man. She actually was up front with everyone and I'm a woman and history drop mic. History drop mic. Actually, I'm gonna cover that right now. We should Let's, find some pictures. So in of that. in the story, uh, she talks about her husband and also that Jack killed her husband. You know because she was abusing mm-hmm. him. There is some truth to that, and there is some false to that. Because uh, historically, so she was married when she was around 13-ish. There's not exact dates. And they came to Nassau, her and her husband, James Bonney, between 17, 14, 17, 18. So she was between 14 and 18 years old when that went down. Um, she did have an affair with Jack, and they were basically lovers, and they ran away together. And they were on a pirate ship together where they uh, stole the pirate ship Revenge with Mary Reed. Also, I keep thinking that Mary Reed might show up, or that yeah. Anne Bonney also could be Mary Reed, as we saw on YouTube. Yeah. And uh, so there was a little cross between the fact that Jack actually killed for her and, you know, whatnot. Because later, historically, they have a child together. And then also their ship gets taken out and Jack and all the crew get killed. Mm. Except the women. They say they're pregnant and they don't get killed. But apparently the last thing that Anne Bonnie ever said to Jack was if you would have... Because he said he wanted to see his son one last time. And she said if you would have fought like a man, you wouldn't be hung like a dog. So... (laughs) That's brutal. <laughs> Brutally honest. <laughs> and Bonnie yeah, calling brutal. it like it is for the end. That's just the historical end, but again, they're taking liberties. It sounds like and something and Bonnie would say. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 To, especially like, to Jack in the relationship they have. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so. Now, oh, based on the show, not the necessarily the historical part of it. No, that's but, right. I just want to drop that out to people. Oh, no, so no. I love having that stuff. Boom. I love it. Go on. But do we really think that the Jack that we know up and slit some guy's throat that he, you know. No. I no. had such a hard time th- picturing like, yeah. that in my head. I'm like, Jack would not, like, really, Just little Jack is not going to go up and yeah, some stranger. some stranger and yeah. slit his throat for a woman? No. Because how old, what's what's the age difference between the two of them, again? Do that we I'm know? I'm not sure, but, and again, Anne Bonnie in this time frame is supposed to be between the ages of 14 to 18. In, in historical time. I'm In real okay. life, she's probably more, it looks like she's more like 20, 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they are split up or Jack is killed around 1720. So this is supposed to be 1715. So technically she's probably about five to ten years difference in age in real life. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of historical end, but I'm not sure what they mean on the show. Okay, totally. It's a little blurred in the show because it's, you know, historical. 
It's a historical adjacent show. <laughs> they sort of run like this. They're in a parallel universe. I know. So I want to ask then a couple things more about this. We're talking about them. So in the scene after Max and Anne talk, you know, Max goes outside and she's affronted by Adele. Mm-hmm. And and Adele's basically saying, you know, the girls are talking about this and this and this, and Anne shuts her down. Or Max shuts her down and says, listen, I'm helping her, and the people you're talking to are like me better than you, so stop. <laughs> Do we trust Adele yeah. at this point? Just at this point in the show? I feel like, it, unless she's stupid. Unless she's... Yeah. I mean, I, and we found that a lot of them are pretty stupid. Well, that's that, why they're That's going to be her bad next episode, because right. I feel like I would Max would be the one person, Max or Silver, it would be the two people probably that I wouldn't cross because mm-hmm. i feel like um max just has she's like sneaky and she has ways she knows of, everything yeah she has yeah. ways of just she tearing you apart ears, without eyes actually and ears tearing everywhere. you apart yeah. so she'd be dumb so and the reason i bring that up is because later in the episode when Anne actually goes upstairs with jacob garrett and you think they're about to have sex or she's going to kill him one of the two adele actually comes in mm-hmm. and she's like no she's not supposed to be up here yet she's new and she basically saves max or totally. saves Anne from having to do anything, right. and steps in and like kind of takes her side. Mm-hmm. I think they trust Max. I feel like I don't know. I would if I was them. Well, Max like, has their best interests. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. After, I think so too. And in that scene where you know Max is very stern with her, but then ends it saying, "You my know, door's open. yeah, my door's open. If you guys have concerns, like please come talk to me about it." Which seemed almost as like maybe it was an afterthought of hers where she's like well I'm being a bitch I need to like be soften it a little bit and still be approachable and like you know kind of the leader of all these women Um, but I think that was a really smart move on her part and you know whether it was genuine or not I think it was genuine but I like seeing that from her character that she cares about the women there and what she's doing there and that she makes herself available to all of them you know I think the reason it was the most genuine is because we know now her opinion of Anne and what she's willing to do for Mm -hmm. Anne and I think that was where it was motivated from is I will explain to everyone why I'm doing what I'm doing if you have questions about it come talk to me Mm -hmm. because in my mind it makes sense and from my heart it feels right and then when people hear her talk about it, they're like, oh, yeah, that does make sense. And I do agree with that. And I, okay, we're on the same page. Exactly. Because she even said, if nobody gave a damn about me when I was on the beach except for Anne. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to realize that. Like, that's such a huge thing. Of course, she's going to protect the person who was protected the her. only person who protected yeah, her. Saved her life. And I think also that, that the girl, I'm sorry, I can't think of her name right now. Adele. I'm sorry, Adele was probably sat back and was like, hmm. That's right. I probably I didn't help you when you were out there. I didn't even go yeah. see you Oops. when you were out there. I stood in the balcony and looked exactly. awkwardly listening to you scream. Exactly. So, and that brings me to our next thought. I know that Adele stepped up this week and helped Anne mm-hmm. and basically took the, the the sex off of her plate, so <clears> to speak. <throat> uh, but in the future, do we see her as a problem? Do we see her doing something stupid? I wouldn't put it past her, but yeah, I, I mean, she knows. Obviously, she knows some. That, yeah, she knows enough and knows that Anne's kind of being kept there, you know, kept safely there. So mm-hmm. I can see her using that information. Yeah, using Anne maybe as, like, even a bargaining chip. For You're saying, money, like, we know, we know what Anne's done. Like, oh, I'm going to tell the pirates what she actually did mm-hmm. if you don't do this for me. I can see yeah, that if there's some, If there's another incident there, I think definitely it's very likely that she's going to be like, yeah. all right, you she said... She becomes a liability. Yeah, yeah, that she looks at her as a liability and then starts to kind of plot... I I trust her right now, but again, I, I get if something happens, I could see that it going a different way. Then yeah, I could see her potentially being one to sell them out. Yeah, totally. And then get killed for it. Oh yeah, the only way I, I would have so. the show in. All right, so moving right along, <laughs> Die. Uh, the show actually started off this week with Abigail Ash doing mm-hmm. a little narrative voiceover because she's in her cell with Eleanor and she's reading a letter that was sent to her from Miranda. 
Uh, and it's basically him telling that she's there on the island and that Eleanor's here to help you. And we want you and we want to rescue you and come with her and she's going to bring you to safety, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So I, I like the whole point because Abigail seems like a very conflicted character right now. And I'm, I'm looking forward to asking her questions about you know her thought process. Abigail, because you got some explaining to do. You got some, cause, and it, it's weird because she seems very unsure of everything, but she also seems very trusting of Vane. Right. You know, she I know she's afraid of everything and she's been put in a weird situation, but she's like afraid of Vane, but also kind of like thinks he's a he he saved her essentially. So you know, how would you feel if you're in that? You're you're women. I don't know. I, I can't. I, think, I mean, this, she's but. young. You know, she's yes. a lot younger than all of them. So. I feel like maybe she's a bit naive and, you know, she was captured and being held captive by pirates and then gets rescued kind of by a nicer pirate. So, you know, I can see her. Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't know much about pirates. Hashtag damsel in distress props. Hashtag I think damsel that's in distress. Her, I think that's her whole mo is that she's kind of like doesn't know what else to do except for be. Can we talk about the gate thing? Can we please talk about the there. game thing? <laughs> we're, we're, she just stood there and watched. She comes in here. <laughs> yeah. Abigail, help with the dick. Well, and it's, it's, the whole episode. It's interesting because as they're walking, after she decides to go oh with her, they are. Gosh. She, she's telling Eleanor that. <laughs> Stinking gate. I'm well, sorry, I, I'm done. No, are you good? Well, we're going to get to the gate. <laughs> we're good. We're, just, we're only halfway down the tunnel. I know. I'm Let sorry. Let me get I there. Can't, I can't. Oh, I'm we have to, we have to walk them to the gate. You're right. Please walk us to the gate. We're walking to the gate. Let's keep walking. All right. So Eleanor does guide Abigail out and she is having a conversation with her and you know Abigail even comments about Eleanor being a very formidable person she has mm-hmm. a, a presence and an aura about her you know it's because she grew up on this island that she has this toughness that Abigail could never have and then they get to the gate can I please talk about the gate now yes they open the gate with a key but the gate is stuck what happens at the gate go on the tell me Jamie the time Eleanor is sitting there trying to open I the gate know. oh somebody's coming Abigail's just looking like, like oh somebody's coming I'll be the little word really Abigail can you please help well, with do we think gate? that was and then finally at the very end I think it's I think it's symbolic I do I think that it's one of those things where it's like she needed Abigail's help to get out and symbolically, Abigail is the and thing that's yes. going to save Nassau. So at the very end of it... And escaping. It Look escape, at that. I know. Full circle. Also, but still, it took her so long to help with the dang gate. She opens the gate. She's out. I'm done now. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm done. Well, do gate. we think maybe she thought it was vain and she wasn't trusting Eleanor, maybe? So she's like, I don't I feel, know. Well, I don't know if what she, where it. she was at. I feel yeah. like she was in a lot of... You know, I don't know what way to go. Like I just woke up a week ago. (laughs) I've been in a coma. Leave me alone. I can't. Where am I? Who are you? All right. So I think though. No, but I I did totally think. Sorry, (laughs) I think that was hilarious. How long is she going to pull on this stinking (laughs) gate? (laughs) Abigail, where you? How hard can it be? Where you at, Abigail? She eventually helps. She does, and that's how she gets out. And Vane shows up. Oh. So this week, hearts are breaking. Hearts are breaking. Listen, Charles Vane has been breaking hearts long before this happens. How is somebody such a badass and such a little heart? I feel I feel for him. I know. Every episode, I'm like, you are so capable, but I just want to cuddle you because I feel like you're getting so screwed over. He so he's left out high and dry by Eleanor. Does Charles Vane love Eleanor Guthrie? Yeah, yeah. I think Eleanor had a choice between. Vane's like intense love and the future of Nassau and I think that 
I mean, over and over again, Vane has proved that he'd be he would be loyal to Eleanor if she would let him. And over and over again, Ele- Eleanor has found some way. Or she's usually a reason that's pre- pretty legitimate for her own cause. For her own cause to stab in the back. And like even as she's leaving, he says, "Wow, you'd pretty much." Turn your back on anyone. You let me get torn to pieces by mm-hmm. the crew who let, said that it was a bad idea to let you in here. So here's the next question. This one's a little bit harder because the first one was clearly easy. Does Eleanor love Vane? I think so, but she loves herself and what she wants a is lot it more se- than Is that. it self-love or is it the idea of self-preservation and the bigger picture that outweighs the her, her true love with Vane? I think she's, I hate to say this because I love Eleanor's character. I think that she's a very strong woman and I appreciate that presence in the show, but I really think she's just a little young and a little naive to understand the things and the the stuff. The, the she, important things? It, not the important things because I feel like she thinks she knows what's important. Mm-hmm. She thinks that it's black and white as soon as she gets Abigail to, to Flint, everything is going to be fine. And I think that's the picture in her head. But I think that it's going to be so much more than that. And I don't think she realizes like how many bridges she has had to burn to get to where she wants to right. go. Yeah, and she acts so immediately, you know, makes mm. just Rash. so, yeah, so rashly and doesn't, you know, she's so hot-headed that that it gets a little frustrating because, like you said, she doesn't always look at all the options or necessarily the bigger picture. She's which is like, the straightest bridge to get me there. Forget exactly. all these other yeah, bridges absolutely. and they get there also. She's not cunning, though, which makes me trust her more as a character. She's really direct. Like, right. when she wants something, she'll let you know, hey, this is what I want. Like, to Vane's face, I'm not going to try to pretend. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, I'm fully turning my back on you to get what I want. Right? So then how much... So, and we've talked... We've have mentioned basically that she's turning her back on everything to get this one goal and she's a very direct person and tries to get there the fastest way. How much of her decision-making process is then influenced by what Flint tells her? Oh, because she thinks Flint knows all, I think that she's going with Flint. I think she trusts Flint, is, which is, is misplaced trust. It's like a opinion. father figure to her then? Because she has yeah. a misplaced father figure so. and he so. tells it like it is to her and tries to help her and use her. I think yeah. you nailed it when you said use her, though, because I, yeah, I absolutely. still it's don't absolutely, trust... He's absolutely using her. I still don't trust Funt, but we'll get there. Sorry. That's I keep okay. jumping. Yeah, You're I, excited, and it's fine. We can talk about the show. Let's talk about the show. Let's talk about the show. Oh, I definitely man. think I think Flint. Hope you're watching. <laughs> We're not the. <laughs> We're wise. Somebody GIF that, please. Uh, Come on, do it. Happening. Do it. Um, <laughs> Is it GIF or GIF? GIF. Are you sure? Yeah, like the know. peanut butter. Jiffy Lube. I know it is. It's true. Let's have oh, a fight man. in the comments. Go now, everybody. Uh, everyone, get, all right. Back to what you're saying. <laughs> anyway, I do think that he, she sees Flint as a father figure. I mean, we've kind of had that in the past, back when it seemed like they were almost going to kiss that one time, and then he like kisses her on the head, or at least maybe kind of he, awkward, yeah. yeah, he actually kind of views her that way. Yeah, totally. More so, maybe. But and I think, yeah, I think she has her eye set on. You know, I'm going to make not Nassau into something, and I'm going to be this like big, powerful figure here, and that's her, you know, first and foremost. And I think part of her thinks that even no matter how many times she screws over Vane, that he's just going to come back. You typical know, typical woman. Can we talk about poor Vane for a second. Yes, I would. Now let's talk about Vane, because I asked a question about his love, and I was hoping to come back around to him after we talked about what a monster Eleanor is. Gosh, Eleanor? I wish you were coming on the show next week. I have some questions for you, too. (laughs) Listen, Hannah New UK, we're coming at for you. Yeah, come on. Go. Charles Um, Vane. Okay. So I feel like a couple things. I feel like loving Eleanor has made Vane a smarter man. And hear me out when I say this. I agree. I, I feel like... 
loving him has broken him to a point where he knows he needs to be this strong man in order to get this woman that he loves. But in the process of becoming this strong man, trying to gain this woman, he actually has become like a strong man. And I feel like, I know it seems like this is the end for Vane, but the man freaking rose from the dead. Yeah. <laughs> There's no oh, this way. This is definitely not the end for Vane. Oh, no. no way he's, he's dying at all. But it also brought something that back to political because Vane's not a super political character in the show he's pretty much the epitome of a pirate in my opinion like he wants his freedom no strings attached like that's what he completely wants he's an immediate person he wants to know what's going to happen right now because he knows that he can die at any moment Mm -hmm. like everyone else yeah so yeah I I totally think that he in my opinion on the show is like tried and true the truest pirate that we have, and I said that a couple of times throughout the season about how I have really enjoyed his growth, mm-hmm. where he's now taking a step back and analyzing the bigger picture, and he's making smarter decisions in the presence of other people. When in season one, he would make rash decisions mm-hmm. that involved fighting or attacking somebody. Absolutely, and he's now doing things in a little more political manner, but he's also still very strong and knows that at any point he can be that person. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yes. Do we really think that his? His crew's gonna kind of give it to him. I think he'll talk his way out of it. I think so too. I think that th- that has something to do with the end of the show. I feel like that's his so revenge. Do you, I know. Do, do you think that the and I was gonna bring some later. We'll talk about it right now because it's a little short moment and doesn't affect anything exactly. else. Exactly. So at the very end of the episode, we get a picture of Richard Guthrie on a wagon heading mm-hmm. into Underhill's estate to kind of set stuff up. There is a group of men standing on the road waiting for them. I think mm-hmm. that's Vane's revenge. Are those Vane's people? That's my first impression. That ooh, that was one I of two so. thoughts that I had as well. I thought they what were. Was your second? My first thought was they were Vane's men. My second thought was that Horningold and Dufresne put together a group of people and were on the road as well. Oh, that's actually I didn't think about that until just now. Because Horningold has the talk with Dufresne. Totally. You know when Horningold right. is leaving Dufresne. the island, um, and Dufresne is a, at a scorn. So we'll go back to that later. But that was my other thought. That it was one of those two things, and I think that. The vein aspect is probably more logical because mm-hmm. it's an immediate solution to a mm-hmm. problem that just happened, and he's trying to save his butt. Absolutely, right. so, absolutely. I, think, I don't know. What do you guys think at home? Do you yeah. think the men at the end of the road are part of Vane's camp, or are they part of Dufresne and Hornigold's camp, or are they somebody else that we don't yeah. know about? Totally. Who else could they? Be? Well, I mean, you know, we got when Vane got could his it, crew. We got the end of this, the episode where uh, we met the people on the island that we didn't know, and they just ended with this giant man standing. There's somebody, but something bad's about yeah. to happen to Mr. My my feeling is vain. I think it is but too. I, I hope it is. I mean, that sounds really mean, and I'm sorry, but man, he needs some instant payback. I'm I'm team vain all the way, even yeah. though Eleanor is four, and it's not just because you're extremely good looking. <laughs> But, but you are, Zach McGowan, extremely good looking. Uh, no, but I think that, honestly, in my opinion, I feel like he has the best. I feel like somehow Flint is going to screw everybody over with this big, huge plan that everybody's putting all their hopes and dreams mm-hmm. in. And I feel like Vane is so, like you were saying, just straight to the point and is just like the epitome of a pirate. And his, I, I want him to be in charge. <laughs> yeah, I and know. I think he needs Possibly. to finally kind of put his foot down and be like, Eleanor, quit yeah. yanking my chain, girl. Yeah, bye, Eleanor's dad. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about uh, Captain Flint and John Silver in the capacity of their interactions this week only. Only their interactions this week. Not things that happen later involving John Silver. <laughs> Jamie Lyons. Right, right. Hold um, it in, please. I'll hold it in. I swear I will. All right. So we have a couple little conversations this week with Flint and Silver. Um, first off, when they're having these meetings... And Hornigold's talking about what's going to happen, you know, and then the men show up and say the gold is gone. 
Now what are they going to do next? Uh, one thing that I really wanted to know in terms of their thoughts when they were talking, you know, Silvers and Flynn are kind of basically finding out where they stand. And Silvers is very direct that I was with you only for the gold. Mm-hmm. And we've said time and time again that Silver does not trust or put his faith in Flint like other people do and doesn't care about what happens with them only about the gold so was him asking Silver for help was that is that too much was that again Flint using someone can I bring up one thing from yes go ahead okay I'm sorry this has nothing to do with anything with that's gonna happen in the future does it it's involve black sales in one hour it, yes yeah, just stop it so it in the book it says that um, Silver Treasure is the, Island, the book that Treasure is Island, the book. It says that uh, Silver is the only man who does not fear Captain Flint. And I feel like that is so prevalent in this show that he has no, he doesn't think there's any repercussions for anything that he, he can be like, look, I'm sorry, I'm not into it. I don't want to be on your team anymore. And he doesn't think that Flint, he's not afraid of him at all. He's not, doesn't think he's going to retaliate, doesn't think. But Flint, he lets Flint think he's smarter than he is. Because in reality, Silver is more cunning than Flint is, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Because he knows what he wants, and he's willing to admit what he is. Um, he doesn't lie about the fact that he's manipulating people absolutely or any not. of that stuff. Yeah, absolutely not. But he lets, I think he lets Flint believe that Flint has still has control over him. Completely. And I think that's a smart, really smart move. So in the scene, then, as you're watching the episode in that order, not by so knowing you have seen the end of the episode... When Silver agrees to go talk to the men because Flint mm-hmm. is like, where else are you going to matter? Where else is you waking up every day going to mean something? Because you, you mean something to these men. Your opinion matters and we care and they care about you. So where else is that going to matter? Do you think that in that moment, Silver was convinced or was Silver allowing Flint to think he convinced him and was already planning on doing it anyway? Allowing him to think he convinced him. Yeah, because when he walks out there and he's like, well, do you want to go through your talking points, no, essentially? He's like, I got it. And I'm like, ooh, he's oh, planning snap. something. <laughs> Done. Yeah, so. That was a great speech, by the way. Oh, it was so good. You know, and, and Flynn's like being so mean to him. Like, come on, buddy. Don't. You're going to dig yourself a hole there and not be able to get out of it. And he yeah, did. You're right. <laughs> Silver can swallow that, though, because Silver knows what he wants and he knows how to get it. So I think he's willing to pretty much take anything right. in order to get what he wants. He's like, yeah, go ahead. But it, keep and it also seems almost naive of Flint because he's put Silver in this position to kind of be the middleman and the spokesperson, essentially, and to win favor with the whole crew. And I think he's under, well, clearly he's underestimating the the power that Silver has not and and not that he's like intentionally trying to be manipulative with by befriending and you know wanting the crew to like him but he not thinking that this guy is somebody that I don't necessarily want to be a jerk to maybe he doesn't, like he he's doesn't, everybody loves him at this point at he's, this point Silver has gone with him the whole time so he doesn't necessarily fear what Silver can do right he keeps thinking that Silver and him are friends now mm-hmm. and they're on the same page and they're working towards the same goals but now that the goals have shifted then now it's silver is something you have to fear and worry about. Right. Because there's potential for backstabbing. Absolutely. I think silver is... I'm not going to say it. I won't. I'll wait. I swear. Well, anyway, and I, he addresses the men and essentially gives them, you know, we have two choices of things we can do. You guys have already spent the money and I was already planning on leaving you guys anyway. But now we have a third choice, which is a reconciliation and pardons and working with Flint in this aspect, you know, and, and going towards this bigger mm-hmm. goal. So I, I like that scene, though. That was one of my top scenes I think this week for sure that's a good yeah, one very when good speech. That speech well then so then they cut to a scene of Billy Bones talking with Dufresne 
But before all that happened, we have some other things with Billy Bones that have happened mm-hmm. this week. Can we just say you called Dufresne really quick? Because you fully called Dufresne. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Because I wasn't there. I was like, nah, maybe. And then I watched this episode. I was like, dang it, Ryan. <laughs> you know, I know. He knows, he like, knew. everything that's going to happen. And I was like, what? How do I know that? I'm just, I mean, I don't know. I think logically about, like, what I would do if I was backstabbing people. And then I'm just, you know, it just yes. comes to me. All right, so we're just relaxed. better people. <laughs> yeah, apparently. It sucks to have integrity. Anyways. Isn't that a terrible thing? <laughs> Sorry, keep going. No, it's fine. I t- I'm just <laughs> twiddling my thumbs over here. So Billy Bones and... Uh, uh, and Dufresne are now talking about Silver and Flint and also, you know, the potential and ability of what's now to happen now that the fact that the gold is gone. Horning Gold's argument essentially has fizzled. The people that support him are either, either defected or you don't know what the heck to do. So Dufresne is now on board for this plan that Billy had proposed previously about <sighs> getting eight other men and taking Flint back to uh, the Scarborough and back to Captain Hume uh, as a, basically a prisoner mm-hmm. in exchange for these pardons and their freedom. So, you know, Billy says, great, let's meet at the bluffs in an hour, get a skiff, we will make a move. Man. Make a move. So, this was probably one of my more favorite scenes this week. Yeah. Oh, a favoritist. A favorite, most favoritist. No, the most favoritist <laughs> is later. Um, there are two good scenes coming with Billy. Number one is, obviously, Billy shows up and meets Dufresne, and all the men from the crew are with him. And, you know, he's basically saying and asking them about torture and, you know, the fact that people are changing. He would much rather die fighting with people that he is friends with then backstab his friends and make them suffer the things that he suffered mm-hmm. when he fell off the ship. D- does this move make you trust Billy? I feel like Billy's always been the same person, though. Bill- Billy's always been trustworthy. Yeah, always I liked feel him like he's his always, page. even though this happened, I mean, it's kind of weird that he thought to Dufresne, to be honest. I was kind of, like, taken back that he pulled that. I mean, he could have been like, look, Dufresne, this is how I feel about it. Maybe you should think about it this way. That would have been more Billy in my head. But this way... Like, you see a more tactical Billy, because, I mean, who Dufresne bought, those are the the eight men that are most likely going to jump ship while everybody else is right. going down instead of fighting by their crew. And Billy the Badass punches one of them out. Yeah, you freaking Billy, uh. killing it. Coming back and just doing big things. Tom I'm Hopper, well into done. It. You go, Billy. <laughs> Making moves. Totally. But and I, it's interesting because, you know, obviously he was quartermaster, you mm-hmm. know, because he got promoted by Gates, and yeah. also when Dufresne was coming up a little bit. And now Dufresne is quartermaster, so he knows... and from that position who talks the most and who we mm-hmm. can you know who they talk to mm-hmm. everyone talks to the quartermaster everyone is friends with them and they know the most I think about what's going on the ship we saw that with Gates as well when he was on the show and you know it's the right choice I think to go to Dufresne to get these people absolutely but it's, I think it's I think he was almost surprised that Dufresne was that quick to sell him out yeah you know once the gold was gone <clears throat> and that that aspect so then we also get and I think this is a really powerful scene as well Billy goes to Flint at the end and talks about the people that have def- defected and also them losing Dufresne and I'm interested when they say losing Dufresne. I was curious to see if anything happens to Dufresne, but I think they're just letting them go and be on your merry way. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a warning, maybe they'll come back. But at this point, they are now on Team uh, Flint. And this question I'm going to ask because I asked it last week, and I'm going to ask it again. Do you think that Flint tried to save Billy Bones? No, I still don't. I kind of do. I'm sorry. Really? Yeah. See, I'm not Flint, offended. See, no, I feel like Flint, but I understand why you don't. Yeah. Like, I feel like it could go either way. It's 50-50 for me, in all honesty. Like, I could, if he did, I would get it. If he didn't, right. I would get right. it. There, neither way would surprise me. And I think that Billy Bones kind of feels the same way. He's, he's like, he's like, like I don't know, man. <laughs> he's like, man, if you did, or I believe it. And if you didn't, that, that makes sense, but too. The, the question that then is asked is, does it even matter? 
No, at this point, I don't think so. It doesn't. They have the same goals. Doesn't now. matter. I feel so. like I feel like they have Billy has always been for his crew, and he wants mm-hmm. to make sure his people have the best of what they have, what they can do with their situation, and they all band together. Quartermaster right. killing it. I just feel like right now Flint is the only captain that Billy sees that actually. It makes sense to, right. to pair with him and be on his team. And Billy's such a loyal character. And I think his inclination is to believe Flint was trying to save him. You know, that's what he wants to believe. And so he's going to choose that. Save night. Right. But also knowing that, hey, maybe he didn't. So he's, I think, going to have kind of a heightened awareness of that and kind of look out for himself a little bit more. He's going to listen, but he's not going to trust kind of thing. Right. As much as he did right. before. And even seeing with, you know, weeding out Dufresne and all those guys, just how he's kind of scheming a bit more. And yeah, Dufresne's like, always been really weaselly, so. I think you're right. I think Billy's turned into a smarter character. Instead right. of just being so trustworthy and so uh, reputable and respectable, I think now he's like, Millie Bones. Like, yeah, take oh, it with a grain of salt. Sleeve. I feel like he does. But at the same time, I feel like since we were talking about Eleanor before, this puts Billy and Eleanor in a similar situation because they see a big picture thing, this goal of a unified Nassau, you know, pardons for the men and freedom and all that. And they all see that Flint is the most logical person to do that. Maybe it won't work. Maybe they'll fail in that aspect. But Flint is really the only one who can achieve this goal. So they're putting their faith in him Go on. Can I ask you a question? You can. Do you think that this is for real? Do you think Flint's actually going to go through with this? Do you think this is his major goal? Do you think this is what Flint wants? I don't think so. I think he's being manipulated by Miranda. And I think that his goals have changed, and he's just kind of doing it for her. All right. I think he he does, because I think with all the flashbacks that we saw, I think he does... He's kind of tapping back into that kind of idealistic place that he's he was at. He's been lost, and now he's moving back to where he was. Yeah, he's kind of back in that he's James mind Monroe frame again. a little bit. Yeah. Do you think this is too good to be too, true? Do you think he's still a little delusional? He's kind of bringing everybody on his delusion with him, though. Well, yeah, he's I don't think it's going to be though. like a smooth thing of like, hey, can you pardon us all and let's be our own place and state and government. I don't think that's going to just happen. I, I think either. that's going to be really tough. Especially when they were talking about Abigail Ash's dad yeah. again. And, and I his, was like, something is not like, this right. isn't going to work He's out. Not the same his ruthless he militia exactly. and all this. And mm-hmm. then Flint and Eleanor were like, oh, if we, if we're not careful, this is all going to work out seamless. No, 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 it's not. There's no way. No. Way. no. Okay, I did like the little moment that her and Richard Guthrie had where they're like, we're t- talking and then he like, I was like sitting there. I was like, "Wait for it! Here comes the arm!" Yeah, wait for I know. it. And then he like puts it. her arms around her, and they're just like, you know, they're having a father daughter moment. It. it was yeah. cute, and, totally. and even how he was like, if Eleanor said she's going to go and bring her down, she's yeah. coming down with her. Like, yeah, I, d- I really liked seeing that too. Kind of the bond between them getting strengthened. You know, like good, like dad's proud of his girl. But at the same time, he was talking to Miranda and warning about Charleston. And again, the same Lord Peter mm-hmm. Ash that we are now concerned about. Richard knows. He's a tough-ass guy, and we don't need to worry about him. Yeah. It's not going to be smooth like you guys think it is. He's a different person than he was you know, 15 years ago or 10 years ago, however long it's been. So mm-hmm. I think he knows that. There's no way that the guys in the dark at the end could be Ash's people, could it? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I was, I'm just throwing it out there. They could be Underhill's people, but they're... Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of different people they could be, but I think... Logically, it's either Vane's right, people right. or it's Gold and Dufresne have something going on on the side exactly. that we are going to find out. Because I actually wrote that down after their little talking scene. Is this the next backstab movement? Are there something now going to be planned against Flint that we are going to see in the next episode or two that happens? I know. I know. I feel like a lot of that bonding, too, had to do with setting 
um, Mr. Guthrie up to have something bad happen to him. I feel like we didn't like his character. Not didn't like, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Sean. Character. We don't <laughs> like you. You'll be here next week. We can't wait for to see bad. you, but we don't like we'll you. We'll see you soon. No, but I feel like his character was like, we were kind of all was, like, He was uh, a little cold in the beginning. Really cold. You know? And I feel like this episode set us up to like him so that we just can. Just in time to get the axe. To, yeah, just to mm. die. Well, you know what, though? In the defense of your statement, Jamie. If we don't like Sean's character, that's because he's doing a great job oh, you're such a as good an actor. actor. Sean, you're you are the best so actor good ever. that we hate you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> See what I did there? It's all about how you spit it. There you go. All right, so that was betrayal number two. Billy Bones with Dufresne. Before that, we had Eleanor and her Abigail Charles Vane thing. Number three. But everything comes in threes. Number three. Number Number three. three. Silver goes to Max and asks to talk. And she's like, if this is about that Logan fella, what Logan? I heard he moved to somewhere. Yep. And we learn about the ultimate betrayal of the season. The ultimate betrayal. This is the by far the biggest (laughs) move that anyone has made on this show in any capacity. Because the way that he blatantly lied to Flint and the men and everything throughout the entire now looking back on the episode like thinking about him talking like I got it I'm going to talk to the men and doing this address and talking about reconciliation and doing these other things where he's talking to everyone else he's an evil genius he I know the gold is on the beach evil genius just laying there waiting and everyone is dead they all died and here's the thing why I I don't get why Flint doesn't isn't going to go check. He might. Yeah. So maybe we'll see that next week. He's like, oh, okay, dang. <laughs> like, oh, shucks. All the gold. He's gone. not the kind of guy that's just, you know, he's he will go to the end and, you know, see well, for and himself. And I think that's an interesting thought because, you know, we saw in the previews, uh, there's this, all this tension, uh, you know, probably about like what crew is going to go for the gold mm-hmm. and like how they're lying about things if they find out. I feel like that's a very good potential for something to happen next week. They're going to get on board with Abigail Ash with the thought process of we're going to Charleston to meet her father and return her and get these pardons and get this thing rolling with Nassau. But we're just going to make a left turn, check out the uh, island, and then hook up, hook, then hook it right up to Charleston <clears throat> via the waterways that we have in the Caribbean. You know, I feel like that's going to happen, and it's going to come about that Flint. Yeah, he's going to see was lied to Silver by Silver running around with his little curly hair on the beach mm-hmm. down there picking up gold bits. <laughs> Or what if? <laughs> Go what on. if? Okay, so Max, we we like Max and Silver the same character, right? So Silver comes to Max with this proposition, saying, "Hey, I pretty much can't run a boat by himself." And historically, that's correct. He could, he didn't know how to captain a ship by himself, so he needed people to help him. Can Jack Rackham's ship is going to go. Can you help? Yeah, but he was like, "So can you help me?" I feel like Max is smart enough because before he even said anything, she's like, "All right, so that's what you told the captain." But what did what the did men you tell you? She is so cunning and so smart. I feel like if something benefits her more than joining forces with Silver, she's just going to be like, "Well, now I know." Later, I, I feel yeah. like she's totally that character. They would say, "Oh, hey, I have a partnership with Anne Bonnie, mm-hmm. and she's my girl." But John Silver, I mean, I feel like that was such a risky move for him to make. He likes her. I think that he truly trusts her. I think that's the yeah. only character on the show that Silver really has any kind of inclination. Well, towards. if you remember back in episode one, she was the prostitute that they slept together. Mm-hmm. When after he joined the crew and was brought in, and they were te- mm-hmm. meeting Blackbeard, <laughs> and so they have a relationship since the yeah. very, like one of the very first relationships that were developed in the show were them. I know, but man, I just don't thinking think it's all mutual. the way back so long ago, fifteen episodes ago. Goodness gracious! 
Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that Max will definitely loop Jack and Anne into it. I think like, that for that's sure. The crew. I think Jack's crew and the new ship that they have—that's the crew that's going to go after the gold. Right. Whether yeah, or not I don't. Silver goes. I don't. My gut doesn't. It doesn't feel like she's going to turn on him. I feel like she sees, you know, that mutually beneficial situation there. But at the same time, I mean, he's taking a big risk telling her. But there's no such thing as a secure deal with either of them, right? With any, anybody. anybody. But especially Max and Silver, in my opinion. I feel like they're the two, like, they will just... They have a, for, I think that's the reason for Silver, for them to trust there's each a secure other. deal if he's getting that gold, you yeah. know? Yeah. And as long as he's involved in the gold, he doesn't care how it gets there. He, right. he doesn't care who he shares it with as long as he gets a share. Right. Or more, two, three, five shares, whatever. Totally. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised... If there was some kind of something yeah. development, or that one of the guys there. that he, one of the guys that was watching the, the two people, the gold. Tell. yeah, mm-hmm. if they, they kind could, of spilled the could beans be, in some way, Flint brings them in and talks to them so privately. We don't, we don't know them. <sighs> I, He'll find a way to get it out fool. of them. Yeah. All right. So I think that pretty much does a good job of what we need to talk about. Is there? What was your favorite scene this week? That's what I want to know. Oh, my favorite scene, mm, probably. I know it's so hard. There's a lot Honestly, of Honestly, it was probably when it was the vain Eleanor scene because it was so defining mm-hmm. when she turned the key and his face. I was just like, oh, Eleanor, feeling. what in the world? But it was such a beautiful, the way it, everything, the light, that scene was amazing. I was mm-hmm. into that. I really liked the scenes with Max and Anne. I just loved that kind of tenderness between the two of them and how much they care about each other and you know, Max is really looking out for her. I liked that, you know, my heart was hurting so much for Anne and her story. I like that we got to know a little bit more about her background and she was very vulnerable in this episode. So I think that was definitely one of my favorites. So do you think within the next two weeks, oh, this is the, the episode seven, we have three episodes left of the season. Mm-hmm. Do you think by the end of next week's episode that Anne Bonnie is back in full effect and typical Anne Bonnie up to no good viciousness because I mean she can't be in this morning position forever something's going to no. break and something's got to give or she's going to flip a switch and come back around and start coming out on the other side I feel like she's going to find herself a little bit more because even by the end of next episode is my opinion yeah, yeah even in that scene she was saying like she almost wishes that Jack didn't slit her husband's throat so she could have the she opportunity to find herself develop like, herself right yeah, that's, see how she really is I feel like that's her next move I think herself. definitely I mean I think we're going to obviously see Jack's going to be back next week, you know, and I'm curious to see yes, that what... That was my least favorite scene this week, right? there was no Where's Jack, Jack? Rackham. Yeah, what the heck, Jack Rackham. dudes? Uh, but I think it'll be very interesting now with what's going on with Anne to see her interactions with Jack, you know, because... she's changed a lot. Especially since, you know, how he left her there, you know, didn't take her on board, and now all that's happened since then, I feel like there's a lot... Totally. How much time has happened between that? Well, I don't know. A couple like, days, a week, like, yeah. Exactly. But Max, Max is always in the days. same dress, so, so I don't know crazy. what <laughs> if it's always the same day it's, or what's well, going on. The last three episodes have been the same been, day. Yeah, Morning, afternoon, and night. Yeah. yeah. Which always throws me off because I think it's been like weeks because it's <laughs> right? been three weeks to watch it and it's only been three days or an, a day on Nassau. Also, Jack Rackham está en el baño. That was my Spanish lesson for the day. All right. What was uh, your favorite scene? My, I think I'm going to have to go with uh, the scene where Billy and Flint are talking. And mm-hmm. he's talking about, you know, did, did I slip? Did it fall? Does it even matter? Here's what I know that needs to happen, and we need you to do it. Mm-hmm. Go. I think that was the scene I liked the best. All right. Uh, let's talk about predictions for what we think is going to happen next week on episode X of Yow. You're after Buzz TV. Predictions. There's my flashy lights. 
Eeny me. <laughs> Why don't you go first? Green, this time? green yeah. sweater. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Jamie lies. Green sweater. Something big is going to happen next week. I think Richard Guthrie. I agree. Gone. I think yeah. he's gone. Um, I actually wouldn't be surprised if a few characters died next week. Honestly, right? Just saying. Something big hasn't happened in a while. I agree. I and, like. and we were expecting this week's episode to have yeah, it's sort of a, every big other fight, up and down, you know? up and down, every other. I'm kind we of didn't get any of that. Hey, we didn't get the gate, the castle storming. Totally. I'm hoping it's Richard Guthrie. Sorry, Shawn Michael and um, Dufresne. I hope he does. Sorry, Dufresne. Don't do much for me. Yeah. What about Horningold? <laughs> Horningold, I feel like he's a good man. He's just kind of stubborn. He's out know? of it. He he's over. Just, he he's, can, gonna, he's gonna fade into obscurity. He's hanging on the beach. Just yeah. Lay out Be a retired while. old man. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think Flint is going to do something dramatic, and I think it's gonna. I don't know. I think we're gonna see more into how Flint's working next week, and I think that Max is gonna make a decision that shocks us. Oh. Well, how about that? Well, how about that, Apple's Lawrence Lawn? <laughs> I think Flint is going to decide to go the route of Abigail Ash, you know, like, because obviously he was going for both the gold and Abigail. So now the gold's kind of out of the story, or is it? And so I think he's going to kind of put all his eggs in the Abigail Ash basket. And we're going to see that plan really come to fruition. And, and, you know, the wheels start turning there much more, which means, yeah. So we're gonna see, we're gonna see that start happening. I think I agree that I'm a little nervous for um, Richard Guthrie. For Richard Guthrie, Especially I really wanted to see men. more father daughter bonding. <laughs> I really wanted to see more. Um, I think Jack is gonna come back, and I think him and I feel like Anne's gonna kind of assert herself a bit more to him in their relationship. Not like you know they're not gonna like have a falling out or anything. I think they're actually gonna end up being stronger and like back together. But I think. Maybe kind of a redefining their relationship Ooh, sort of thing. A little moment. Yeah. Who All knows? Right. We'll see. Um, and obviously, I mean, I think everything that happened in this week's episode just set us up for everything else that's going to happen, like at such an accelerated pace. And we really know kind of how it's all, what direction we're going in. We are now story. at the precipice and we are going to fall right. off the cliff. Yes. <laughs> story. It is getting ready to steamroll into the final three episodes of the season. Uh, I disagree. I think that the gold is going to be involved, and people are going to find out about the gold. Oh, I think that's a great prediction. And that's going to be where the the crew is headed. Even if maybe it's Flint goes there, and like I said, by way of the gold to Mm -hmm. Charleston with Abigail on board. And I think that in addition to Rackham going after the gold, I think Vane and his men are going to go after the gold as well. Oh, I hope they do. Yeah. So they're going to go check it out and find out. Now that that the fort... (laughs) is pretty much lost and the fact that there's no one in the harbor guarding the fort they can actually get out Mm -hmm. freely because once Flint takes off with Abigail there's not going to be the man of war in the bay and that's going to give them an opportunity to go yeah could Rackham and Vane team up in some capacity because I kind of have a feeling like that might well he said you know either you're going to die or you're going to rule all of us at one point yeah and later down the road uh, in historical terms Rackham does have a series of ships that Vane captains one of and he works for him Mm. Okay. And he's it was involved in deposing him as a captain. This could be the beginning so this of could a be the beginning beautiful, of a beautiful, beautiful relationship. Beautiful? Yeah, it's very beautiful. <laughs> There's a lot of beautiful. Right There's there. a lot of beautiful going on in this beautiful. episode. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to our Black Souls yeah. After Buzz TV After Show here for episode XV. We will be back next week again with Sean Cameron Michael and Megan Young from Ooh. Black Sales to talk about episode XVI. In the meantime. Jamie Lyons, why don't you tell them where they can find out more about you? You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Jamie, J-A-M-I-E-S, Elias. Thanks, Jamie S. Elias. You're welcome. Lauren Salon. 
You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you name it, at Lauren Salon, L-A-U-R-E-N-S-A-L-A-U-N. L-A-U-N. Oh. <laughs> and as always, you can find me at RyanHooks92 on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. <laughs> Guys, again, thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on our SoundCloud, on our YouTube, on our iTunes. Send us comments, send us Twitter messages, send us questions for next week's episode. We will see you then. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.